Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Ben Clark is back um, and he is more than just a sidekick these days. But also we are joined by a little known skier that is Mr. David Riding. Some of you might have heard of him. He, he does a bit of dry slope and he's coming to play and talk all things giant slalom. Boys, welcome. Hello. Thanks, Eddie. You're having a good week with your celebrity guests, first Marcus Wildner and now Dave Ryden. I know. Look at me. Just uh, just setting the bar really high just so that we can go downhill with your level of expectation. <laughs> Davey boy, how are you? Good, thanks. Good. Very inundated with work, so you're lucky to catch me with a spare oh. hour. Well, you know, very I, busy. I bet you are. I bet you are. <laughs> Snowed under, as it were. Exactly. Uh, what have you been up to, Ben, this week? Uh, trying to work out who's going to be racing in Solden uh, for our picks competition, Ed. Uh, we spent last week saying how excited we were uh, to see Schifrin coming back. And the big news from the weekend is that she's not going to be in Solden. So we have to start all over again. Oh, no, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? I was looking forward to seeing her uh, get those uh, giant Samskis back on because she hasn't raced now since, I guess it would be late February, wasn't it, when she didn't race, when she uh, untimed the end to the World Cup season for her. But it is what it is. Opportunity for others to set their stall out. Alice Robinson yeah. will be looking to try and back up last year's win in Selden to do exactly the same thing again. Um, but before we get into the racing for the weekend, Dave, how's your summer training been going? Fill us in with what's new for you. Uh, pretty good, yeah. So it's been, uh, obviously, it, we had to wait till we could kick it off again because of the whole restrictions, etc. cetera. Uh, once we were able to get going, it's been pretty full on, actually. A lot of on-snow training, certainly plenty so far. So um, definitely don't feel behind or anything. Everything feels good with material, fitness-wise, body-wise. Yeah, on point as as at the moment, bang on point, I'd say. Uh, but still a bit to go because of the new calendar. But so far, so good. Yeah, see that you've um, you switched back to Fisher skis. How's that transition gone back? Does it sort of feel like where you left off a couple of seasons? Because you did two seasons on Dina Star, right? Yeah, um, two seasons there, and then decided to go back. Yeah, it feels very very similar. They've got they've got quite a lot of new material, but also the the material pretty much similar than what I was on as well. So I can pick and choose what works for me, and uh, yeah, pretty comfortable so far. You never you never can really tell until you're on that race race uh, environment but um so far so good i uh, feel pretty happy so we'll see yeah with the new calendar that's come out obviously now you're not racing all the way until mid to late december how's that affected your training plan um it just means uh, we just tweaked it a bit so rather than being getting ready to be race ready pretty soon uh within like four weeks so i'd be very much working on the intensity and and things around training but you know, just push it back a bit, make sure the physical training is is getting better and better still. Um, and, and it gives me longer to work on the technical elements of my skiing and also gives me more time on the equipment. So it's certainly not a bad thing for me. Um, obviously, you'd like to be racing. We haven't raced since the start of February in Chamonix. So it's been a long time off, but um, yeah, plenty of plenty of time to get things dialed in, which is cool. Quite a few races, Dave, where you're going to be back to back this year. Uh, mental, how's that going to change? Yeah, how's that going to change your change your preparation in comparison to to previous races where you'd normally have a uh, a Sunday in Vengen and then a week off and then back on again? Yeah, um, it's definitely going to be diff- It's definitely going to be compact. So the first race is the twenty first of December, uh, backed up on the twenty second, both in Italy. Um, it just means that yeah, once we start, it's recovery and the ability to bounce back for the next race is going to be really important 
January is always busy, but now there's also two in Chamonix at the end of January, which we wouldn't normally have. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a huge 40 days of racing for uh, racing for me. Like, I think I've got nine races in not even 40 days. So it will be it will be very important to have everything on point for those 40 days. Um, and then obviously the world champs after that. But um, yeah, no break after Levy or Val is there, which isn't always a bad thing because, you know, you race Levy and then you're like, right, I want to race, I want to race. But actually I've got four weeks until Val is there. So it's like, right, well, what do I do for four weeks? How do I prepare for the next race four weeks later? So yeah, once we get going, it'll be, I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, yeah, compact season, get in, get out, get the results and crack on, I think. That's the, that's the aim anyway. <laughs> Mixed emotions about missing Levy or, you know, obviously um, you history with Levy? Yeah, I mean, Levy is is always a nice place to start for me. Some good results there. Some obviously a couple of almost almost could have been, should have, would have, could have sort of results. But then they've also taken out Val which I considerably hate. So <laughs> it's win <laughs> and lose. So I'm not too bothered. Um, yeah. It, it, it is nice to start up there because you get that early winter feel as well because it's always cold up there early. So, But at the same time, I, I, I'm not too fussed about missing Levy. Um, it's, not, it's not actually been my place where I've had my best results. I've nearly had them, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I'm fine without Levy. Nice. It would be nice to race, obviously. It's going to be a while watching everyone else, but once we get the chance, it'll be all eyes on slalom, I guess. Yeah, you're going to have a good, good uh, long spell there, and it's interesting in listening to the Ed's podcast with Marcus Wildner. He said he'd already had the likes of Daniel Yule on his case uh, about how they're going to have so many races in such a short period of time. Uh, and Marcus kind of brushed that off pretty lightly with, "You don't have to start if you don't want to." Um, so <laughs> it's an easy way uh, to brush it off. But I mean, if you compare it also to the football, like you hear the managers complaining a lot when they have so many games in a short space of time and okay it's not we're not running around for 90 minutes but it's just, a race day is like seven hours long and um over those seven hours you exert a lot of emotional physical stress so it will be tough um yeah, it's not just two minutes is it yeah it will be tough but at, so at the same time i need to make sure that my fitness is really carried into december before i start looking to um peak as such that's what I've certainly got in the back of my mind. And also it'll be so important in that period to, to stay Corona free or COVID free, because um, you see it with the football, you pick it up, you've got to take 14 days off and you, you can miss four or five races in that. And that's going to be hugely costly. Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be very interesting to see um, yeah, how everybody manages that Corona free stuff. Have you guys got things in place or is it a case of, common sense will prevail in terms of don't mix with other people or you got stuff, you know, strict policies that you're going We've to try got, to follow? Well, I've been talking quite a lot with the boys, um, the four of us in our team, and we've got kind of an outline plan. We've not got it totally dialed in yet because we have the advantage of seeing what comes out of, say, Soldom and the races into it. Um, it'll be very interesting to see if how many cases there are before Soldom. I'd be amazed if there's none. So it's how we're lucky we've got a small team. And the smaller we can keep it, the better, because it means we're limiting our contact with chances of picking it up. So, yeah, it'd be very interesting for these big teams if they start getting cases in the team, etc. Will they all have to isolate? What will they do? Um, could be a lot of a lot of unknowns to start the season. So by the time the slalom starts for us, we should have been able to see what problems people have had and then 
be much more on the well, we'll be on the ball anyway, but much more certain what we're yeah. going to do. Yeah, knowing exactly what it'll look like and how it'll. But I, I guess it'll be very much. I've got to limit my contact with pretty much everyone because, yeah, I can't afford to. I can't afford a, a positive case. The stuff that's happening this week in terms of, of as we start looking towards Solden is from the understanding that I've got from the coaches that I've talked to, everybody has to have a test on Thursday, obviously with the first race being Saturday. They have to have a, a clean test done on Thursday to be allowed to race it at the weekend. So I assume that that's, um, apparently that's down to the national governing bodies. Fizz aren't sort of providing a test necessarily. The guys have to go out and make sure they've got a test and turn up to the Fizz, uh, to turn up to Fizz holding a piece of paper that says, I am COVID-19 free. So I think that's, I think that's for everyone in the team as well. It's not just athletes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's before every single race. So, yeah, it's going to be important to be able to get them, make it easy to get them, and then, yeah, make sure we're doing everything we can to avoid any COVID-19 such. Bernie, got anything to add before we move on to Solden? No, I want to just say, Ed, what have you, what have you been up to since last time we spoke? You've had an interesting week. I've, I've had a very eventful week. I've fallen in a pond and I've, <laughs> and I've uh, tried to melt my foot. Uh, so, so no, yeah. no ski boots a, for a while then i'd had a brilliant if i'd been in ski boots i would have been okay but now i um yeah I, I managed to fall in a pond which was on thursday which was exciting i was i've been doing a bit of um carpentry Drinking. bit of carpentry stuff and i was uh crossing a pond on a bridge that i yeah, didn't look at the bridge properly <laughs> and ended up in a pond so that was entertaining and then later on that evening I spilt tea but like I'd fresh cup of tea on my foot and went to hospital and I've got second degree burns of my foot uh so um yeah all in all great week for me I can't uh, trust you to do anything um... no, now, I'm a, now I'm afraid of the kettle <laughs> I love the hairdressers and I love to yeah yeah I can see you have no issues with the hairdressers I mean, you you two probably had your last haircut when you were about 11 <sighs> it was yesterday so I had a fresh trim yesterday <laughs> cheaper you can you can definitely tell all right let's look ahead let's look ahead to the weekend we spoke about it briefly last week ben well not briefly at length actually of how exciting it was to see the world cup back so we have women's giant slalom on saturday men's on sunday uh no shifrin as we've already discussed what are you what are your thoughts boys on uh the weekends of racing let's start off with the ladies Always the same with Solden, just let it happen. It's normally the, the Sunday and the guys that ends up getting cancelled. We've had God knows how many cancellations over the years. So the big issue is always, can they get the race off? Uh, is the weather going to be all right? We've had problems with wind. We've had problems with excessive amounts of snow. Uh, so first things first, just uh, weather gods, be nice to us and let us have some skiing uh, for the weekend. The women's, it's, it's an interesting one. I was looking back over the results and although Schifrin's not skiing, it's not really been her most successful resort. Although, you know, we're used to seeing her win virtually everywhere she goes. Solden's a place where she's quite often started the season a bit a bit slow or, or, or a bit rusty or perhaps she just doesn't, doesn't like the piece that much there. Um, but we talked last week a little bit about some of the returning faces as well. Um, so obviously like said, Tessa Wardy's had a, got a pretty good uh, history of results there she's regularly kind of on the podium and challenging uh, but you have to say you know Robinson's going to be looking to set a stall out early um, and and keep the likes of Lahova at bay 
um, to pick up the opening opening race. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be cold, Dave, by the look of the um, the forecast. I think it's supposed to be the, <clears throat> the next week, although we've had quite a lot of fresh snow out in the Alps. But I think yeah, we're due for some cold weather, which is only going to be good. The thing is, I guess with the weather up there, it's got three and a half thousand meters, something like that. At the top minute 10. Um, it's got quite a lot of vertical in there as well. So right up there, you're super exposed to the weather, aren't you? Yeah, massively exposed. And, and like like Ben said, we just got to hope that they do have some good weather, because if they do have good weather, it's, it's great up there. If they have some bad weather, then uh, like you say, 3,500 metres at the Austrian Alps, it can get pretty grim pretty quick. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, and like Ben said, uh, obviously Schifrin be a big miss. Ravensburg also won't be there. She's she's had quite a lot of successes there, I believe. So, yeah, it will be interesting. Big chance for the others. Alice Robinson, I mean, if she gets off to a, a good start, because I think she won last year, but then missed the next race with an injury. So if she gets off to a quick start, I think she'll be pretty hard to catch. So big opportunity. Um, but yeah, Vlahova, Tessa, like Ben always calls for Solden. It's probably his only pick he gets right all season is Solden. <laughs> just every GS. Just, yeah. just checking whether Tessa's starting. Um, yeah. yeah, the women's giant slalom standings last season, uh, Brinoni took the globe uh, and she was 70-odd points ahead of Vlahova with Schifrin in third. So, Brinoni, we talked about it again last week. Is she going to fly beneath the radar? But I think you're right about Alice Robinson. She she came into last season sort of, you know, with a little bit of a head above the parapet, but nobody really expected huge things of her. She obviously performed at World Champs that second run and absolutely bossed it. But then last winter we picked up that injury, then had a smashing result in, in Slovenia. So whether she can pick up with that form, I watched an interview with her that she did on Instagram and she was saying that she was... Uh, been training really well and looking forward to the opportunity and, and I think she sounded confident so we'll sort of see how she's getting on but again the Italians are surely going to come thick and fast the women on the Italian side last season especially in tech were a real force to be reckoned with so uh, Marta Bassina lighter skier that you sort of very technically gifted it'll be interesting to see whether she can start off this coming season with a with a bit of a performance just to set out her store because she became very consistent especially through the sort of latter to middle of the last winter what do you think Ben you like you like a little uh, Italian call as well every now and again yeah so but Bassino's in there I, I couldn't remember how she did last year there but it's tough, despite Brunoni winning virtually everything last year. It's, she's still not the first person you think of when you're thinking of who, who you might pick to, to win the races, which feels like you're doing a bit of a bit of a disservice to her based on just how well she skied across pretty much all disciplines last season. Um, the other people I'm interested to see is, talk about it with Marcel quite a bit, is, is what's going to happen with the Austrians. You know, you have to scroll down quite a long way to find any successes for them uh, last season in, in the tech and we touched a bit on that last week um, but last year I uh, was at Leensburger missed Solden because of the uh, equipment oh, geez, yeah. uh, arguments that we, that we picked up when she had quite a good season after that once she got everything sorted so it'd be interesting to see her on, on home snow and yeah I, th- I feel we, they've really got to do something um, obviously we talked a little bit last week with Marcel Hersher's uh, dad uh, taking on uh, the men's tech side, but you know that that women's tech side needs a bit of an, an, an injection of, of of something as well. Because apart from Leensburger last year, there really wasn't a huge amount going on, and they really need to pick up pick up the the, the pace a bit on that side. Dave, have you seen much of Alex Tilly? Because she's obviously she's going to be racing for the Brits. Have you seen much of her this summer? 
Um, I haven't seen as much as Norm as I would see other. Um, I saw her around Saspe, um, always looking strong, Tilly. She's a very strong skier, very consistent. Um, I, I'd expect her as, as well to be second year with the with the Dina Star skis. I'd expect uh, her to feel more comfortable for Solden than what she she was probably feeling last year. So, yeah, um, no reason why Tilly can't step up. As, and um, you see Ravensburg out, Schifrin out, there'll be some others out as well. But yeah, I think uh, I'm hopeful, you know, hopeful for Alex. You never know the first race because it is, it is uh, early and it, it is the sort of wake-up call that a lot of people get. But we have seen Alex always ready. Um, so I'd say she will definitely be ready. And hopefully she can put down a couple of solid runs. We've seen some, like, blow your mind, blow your socks off skiing. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of people can do that. Um, so let's hope she can take it to the next level and get that a bit more consistent. But um, yeah, we'll see. I don't think don't think we need to put any pressure on, but I think it's a very good opportunity, very good chance. Um, Solden as well. She likes it tough. It's it's one of the tougher tougher hills. Yes. Um, one thing I would say about the Austrians, they do have Bruna coming back. Now I don't know. She's changed equipment, Stephanie Bruna. She's changed equipment and coming back from a second or third ACL. So she she'll be a big hope as well for them. So. I, th- I don't know if it'll be too soon, but yeah, they, I think ski racing needs Austria as much as Austria needs someone in the top 10. Um, if they get off to a good start, then I think the Austrians will really get up for the winter, but they haven't been there for a couple of seasons. And certainly yeah, since Marcel's not been there in the men, they've fellow was a little bit off last year. I don't really like talking about the guys because I'm up against them and I know how tough it is and, and for the girls. So, but um, yeah, they definitely need someone. I, I would also say the Norwegian girls always seem to turn up for Solden. They do, yeah. They always seem to come there with something. I don't know. They've done a lot of training this this summer in Norway, so I, I don't know if that'll affect them, like coming down to Central Europe a bit later. Have they done too much on the salt? I don't know. What well, it, it could be something, but yeah. Yeah, it's a good shout on the injuries, Dave. Obviously, Bruna's coming back, and as uh, as well, we had Bernadette Shield as well get injured last year. So there are there are people with the uh, qualities to get on the podium in that Austrian squad. They've just had a bit of a, a bad run with, with injuries the last the last couple of years. So perhaps there's some people coming extra, back. Yeah, do you, do you think that's going to add extra pressure on those girls coming back from injury? I think having, I guess, if your team is doing well and there's you can sort of slide back in, but if all of a sudden you, you know they've had a, a a sparse winter in terms of good performances from the Austrian ladies or consistently good performances from the Austrian ladies, then all of a sudden it becomes like you know, Stephanie Bruner's coming back, you know, Shields coming back, pressure, extra pressure. Because obviously when you do come back from injuries, there's a lot of pressure on you personally from, from yourself and then added pressure from, from the might of Austrian skiing is, is going to make that a little bit more yeah. tricky. Uh, I would expect a bit of race rust from, from the, especially Bruner, especially changing equipment as well, because it's not easy. I hope they step up because they haven't been there. So in all respect, but it's not what Austria used to. No, not at all. Alex Tilly should start in the mid-20s um, based on her performances last season. I spoke to her a little bit in the week. She was saying that um, they've not had too much time on injected surfaces, but I think that is similar across the board because I don't think there's an awful lot of those around this early on. She said that actually skiing on soft snow for her, which is interesting if you find it at all, Dave, or whether you'd never really get on the softer snow, but she, that she finds it that soft snow actually helps her tune into her technique because you can't get away with stuff on the softer stuff that you can on the hard. 
Um, so she was saying that the soft snow actually helps her get uh, up to speed, but she's had a load of volume. She said she's had some of her best skiing that she's had over the summer uh, and it's just time to put, implement that into race days. Yeah, I mean, we've all, always seen from that. I mean, this is all due respect. I don't always like talking about fellow athletes because I could be wrong, but Alex has been very good on the ice, very good on the hard hard snow. She's, she's very strong, so um, she has an advantage on that. Yeah, maybe in the past she struggled a little bit on the softer snow, so yeah, definitely time on the soft snow won't hurt. I'm sure she'll turn be she'll feel so natural when she gets onto the ice anyway. That's what I feel. Um, it'll take a couple of training sessions as long as everything's set up right in your equipment. You get the timing, the feel. It feels way better. <laughs> it's like this is what the ski's made for, not for the slush and at eleven o'clock in in the summer sort of thing. So yeah, I think click into race mode pretty easily. Um, should we get on to some picks? The Ski Racing Podcast Picks Prediction. I need to think of a really extra long title for this segment. Um, for Let's start, obviously, we haven't gone into the men yet, but so, Ben, what do you think? Where are you, Where's your money going for the ladies' victory come Saturday? I mean, I can't not do it, can I? <laughs> I mean, is this a stupid <laughs> question? ridiculous if I didn't say Tessa after all that build-up. But I don't, with her coming back off this injury, I, I, I do feel a little bit tentative. I feel like it should be... Uh, aiming more towards probably one of the people we're really expecting to come away with the win, but uh, I think I think I'm going to stick with Tessa. I'm not going to move away from from my favourite pick. <laughs> All right, tried and tested. Right, fair enough. Uh, well, it worked once. It, it's worked once. So why? Why? <laughs> you're only accurate in, in three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Dave? What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to look away from Robertson. Tessa, Brigioni or Vlahova for me. But if I was, I like a little bit of a lively pick. I don't, you know, you guys probably get it wrong anyway. You do every week. So I may as well <laughs> probably get it wrong myself. And I, I find, I don't know if she's fit. I don't know if she's healthy, but <laughs> presuming she is. Like Mina, Mina Holtman, is it? First. Holtzman, yeah. Holtzman, yeah. I, I I see her as a bit of an Alice Robinson as well, a bit that sort of style. And uh, yeah, just as an outside pick, I mean, the four I mentioned, yeah, probably top four, blah, blah. But we might have an, out, we might have an outsider coming in there and it could be her. I was actually, Dave, leaning towards a little outsider pick because obviously the first race of the season is a little bit of a shot in the dark. And I was thinking that, that uh, Mina first Holtzman was probably going to be a decent shout for an outside um, outside pick. So um, I do I do like that shout, and I think that is it's not a throwaway. Definitely, she finished seventh in the standings last season in Giant Slalom, and I think she was leading. Was she leading after a couple of first runs? I'm pretty sure she led a couple of first runs last season. So I think that's a decent shout. I mean, I've done that before, and that means nothing. Glad you said it, Dave. Glad you said it. Um, <laughs> Don't get anything for that. <laughs> do you get, do you get half, half a World Cup point for leading a first round? Yeah, you get a lot you of get, condolences. When you, you, get pe- up. <laughs> you get oh. people's hopes up. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I like that shout, but I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. I kind of, I, I'm going to go with Robinson because I do think she's going to win, but also. Provat for the Slovenians. I kind of think that she's going to be oh, yeah. thereabouts. I've watched some of her stuff in 
uh, <laughs> only via social media, but looks she looks pretty strong and, and I quite like the style in which she attacks a piece, especially on something steep like that, where she tends to overturn a little bit, where it obviously doesn't have quite as much effect. When yeah, it's... I'd agree. I'd say she's definitely due one. Yeah, so... Um, You're still only allowed one pick, Ed. We did this last year. You can't just say, like, four names. And just, if one <laughs> of them win, then start claiming it. Just spread, I'm just spreading it out slightly so I sound like a little At one bit. point, you picked an entire country last season, and we weren't having any of that. <laughs> and, and I still think it was the wrong one. I think, um, I think Switzerland's going to win. <laughs> no, I'm going to... Uh... So are you sticking with Robinson? Mm, yes. Yeah, I'll stick okay. with Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. They've made a good point before as well with the, with the Norwegians. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if, if uh, Mo Winkle's fit because she's had to, quite a lot of surgery. She had her knees put back together as well. And she was having quite a good run of form probably from the previous season and the start of last season mm-hmm. uh, before she got injured. She had a good a good spell. So definitely uh, an, another one to probably keep an eye out for in the in those opening races. Most countries tend to be in, you know, Sassfei, or Zermatt, or over in Stubai, or Stelvio, or something like that. But the Norwegians, they obviously spend quite a lot of time up on, um, what's the glacier called up there, Dave? You skied up there? Fona, I think. Fona Glacier or something. Fona, yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the glaciers in Sassfei this summer was like, uh, certainly on the men's side, it was like almost all of the top 30 slalom guys were there at one point. It was crazy. Just maybe Hiroshilov and one other team weren't there. It It was insane. Over to the men... Dave, do you want to start us off with what you think of the yeah, um, giant slalom scene? I, I mean, guess you. How much racing do you actually watch, Dave? I try and watch. I certainly pick up more second runs than first runs of GS because I'm normally just doing a little bit, a little bit of warm up for a slalom if there's like Adelboden, there's a slalom after Valdez there, etc. Um, or I'm training in the morning, so I quite often miss a first run of GS and pick up the second run. But yeah, I mean, you see all the guys that this is similar guys that do the slalom anyway. I'd certainly expect those top four from last year to be right there. I mean, looks like Zubcic has got rid of his COVID nineteen positive result. He had he was he had it in the summer, um, but he seems fine. Should be at least those four. I'd love to see Feller and the Austrians kick off well. Um, well, saying that, not too well because I'm not too too confident. You know, <laughs> just in GS, just in GS. Early, yeah, hopefully <laughs> very early. I think Zan Kranitz, I think he'll be right. I think he'll be ready right there. If I was gonna if I was gonna go for one, I'm go I'm going maybe for Kranitz. I think he almost he didn't throw it away last year, but he certainly was leading for a long time and hopefully has a bit between his teeth from the off to get back to that. Do you want, should we just take the picks now then? As and then and then crack onto it as Dave's as Dave's teed us up nicely with so he's going Kranjek. What do you reckon, Ben? Oh, I haven't even got as far as picking anyone yet. Um, well, if Marcel's listening... I didn't know you were keen, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I could always change that, you know. I might feel different in five minutes. So if right. you want to talk more once, about the event... Once, once, once okay. you've talked about don't, all the... All don't, the don't break Ben's... You know, Ben does things a certain way. Yeah, don't. keep the routine. <laughs> I might change my pick, you know. I might do a bit of research in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the last, last few winners. Um, yeah. Pantro always likes it. Well, he smashed it, in, it last year. Won by over half a second last year. Yeah. He, he he does. Uh, we've we've seen a few other people. I think who, who's the French guy? Favre likes it quite a lot. Matthew yeah. Favre. He's he quite likes the the steeps there. So I was thinking I'll double up with the French and go for uh, Favre. Oh, so you're going for a nation, are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go. just one of them. Just one of them. <laughs> one year the French had about six in the top ten in Solden. It was something crazy about about six years ago. They, I, they seem to 
I don't know. I'm not sure what got into the French last year, but they the text both tech and speed sort of had a bit of a resurgence. Yeah, even I mean, with the Clement old Noel certainly helped that, didn't he? <laughs> who, who, sorry? Clement Noel certainly helped us along. Maybe, gave, maybe they gave them all a bit of a, a kick up the backside. Yeah, I mean, Pantero as well, obviously. I do love Soldman. It's, and obviously with it being the curtain raiser, it's just, you get a bit of an extra an extra sort of buzz of around the scene sort of thing. But it's it's incredible, incredibly difficult piece. It's very, very flat at the start, then goes into that sort of free fall section where you see pieced workers sliding from the top to the bottom, even with crampons on, they can't stand up. And, and then like an incredibly flat section into the bottom. But it's like a minute 10. Like we talked about the altitude, it's like three and a half thousand metres. You've got fitness and you've got to have power that transition from that free fall onto the flat, depending on who's setting and how they set. I've seen a couple of pretty gnarly uh, sets there where they really crank the turns going into the flat. So if you make a single mistake there, you have the uh, indignity of pushing your way along the flat uh, down the bottom. So um, obviously these, these athletes are a little bit better than, than that. But it is really crucial. I mean, when you facing those kind of steeps, are the kinds of ones. We, how many times did we see Hersher and, and the likes make huge mistakes? But just provided you can just keep that momentum going, it's when you have the mistakes either just entering the flat or once you're on them, it's an absolute killer. Um, so you, you need to be looking at the people who've got the the skills that Pantro has on those on those steeps to yeah. keep attacking, but then also the ability to really drive those turns at the bottom. I think in the past as well, you've always seen the ones that are a bit more speed skiing in them, like not not the straight line stuff, but the downhillers, they do come to the fore. Like Bodie always used to be good. Spindal always used to turn up there. Jansrud was good there. Kush was always good there. Even Buchel, I think, had a couple of GS results there. But there's something about it that certainly gets the speed skiers, because that bottom flat's so flat, they can really turbo it. So a GS skier with a bit of speed, yeah. I'm going away from Kranjets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about it in the in in the first part about some of the speeds, and obviously you you saw Ormot Kilda take the overall because obviously he likes to play in GS. So that, you know that power down the steep, and obviously tied in with that gliding, he's got to be there or thereabouts for a shout, surely for this uh, for this giant. Just said it. You just I'd totally forgotten about him. He's he was so good in GS last year as well. Going back to the atomics. Uh, yeah, I think massive shout. I think that's a great shout. It'll be, it'll be interesting because he, because of his power and I, and I guess just the way that he skis, he just took so many risks in giant slalom that didn't always pay off. So I think it's one of those where, you know, like Ben said, you you can't really afford to make a mistake come the bottom of that steep. But I guess that's something that plays on all of those giant slalom skiers' minds. They know exactly where, you know, you can't win a race in that at the bottom of that steep, but you can certainly lose it. How how much, Dave, do you t- pay attention to like um, the terrain in terms, you know, like a crucial part of terrain like that? Is that something that you think about at all on the way down or is it just you, you're in the zone? Yeah, in slalom, um, I mean, people always talk about knowing the hills in downhill because it's always set the same. But knowing the hills in slalom is hugely, hugely underrated. It's, it's really important, especially, um, say, the difference between Levy and uh, Wengen or Kitzbühel is huge, how you, how you ski it. So, yeah. You've got to know the terrain. You've got to know when you can attack, where you can attack, and especially in slalom as well. If if it's a tricky course set, you just can't go. I mean, you, there's always going to be some crazy young guy try it and go full gas into some crazy technical section, and and some will get away from get away with it. But 
you, you have to pay attention to the slope. And, and for sure, if you make a mistake coming off that pitch, they'll all know it. Um, the race is over. And the, certainly in the, in the guys, some of the best girls might get away with it, but the guys mistake there and you're not making the 30. It's, it's, it can be as oh. simple as that. Yeah, you, uh, actually, I totally forgot. Obviously, the, how the tight it normally is on that uh, on the on the. But you'll, you'll also see and some stuff. of the tech skiers overski it, so they'll take too much off too early and then throw away half a second by doing that. Whereas someone like Kilda, if you're not going to pick him, I'm going to switch because he'll just go through the gates. He won't be bothered. Yeah. What about um, the Americans? Obviously, I think Ligeti's got a crazy record there i don't i'm not can't remember his exact stats or how many times he's won there but i think he's uh and he was fifth there last year tommy ford was fourth and so you know those guys aren't shy about throwing the hammer down or whatever definitely the only the only doubt i'd have with the americans is where have they been all summer because not i know they've been training on mount hood but they're normally in new zealand they normally get a lot of high quality training down there I don't think it'll affect someone like Ligeti because he's so experienced and is so ingrained. Um, but it could play a part on summer prep because, like, for me, it's been fine. I've been in Sasfe where I'd normally be, no problem. But some teams I know it's been difficult for. So will that play a part? I don't know. Um, it will be interesting. I'll add a bit. Hope not because you want it all to be fair. Ben, what about... We've not even mentioned Christofferson yet. Do you, what do you think about this here? He's he obviously took the title in Giants because the defend the defending GS champion. We haven't yeah, mentioned him yet. What did he take uh, by six points over Pantero, who was twenty points in front of Zubchich by the end of um, last season? What are your thoughts? Yeah, Christofferson's. He's. I mean, he was he's always there, there there last year. Yeah, he didn't have. A, I mean, he had a strange start to the season. Then again, so did Pancho absolutely dominated here and then kind of went AWOL for a few weeks before coming back again. So, um, yeah, Christophersons, I just want to see him throw a hissy fit in the finish so I get to do a podcast with you the next day and hear you go mental about it because you can't stand it when he gets a hump. Um, but in, in in theory, he's got everything going from He's defending champion. He's not moving around on skis. He's, he's, he's pretty settled in, in what he's got. Um, he's been with Rosie for, for a while now. And, and yeah, it kind of plays into it. The, I guess the big question is we talked about Kilda's power, whether Christofferson has that same level of power in, for, in comparison to someone the size of Kilda. He, 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 he is smaller. He's not, he's not tiny, but uh, I think I saw some posts going up on, on social media that he's saying he's bulked up a bit. I guess you find out when you see him ski. Obviously, if you're framed a certain size, there's only so much muscle you can put on. Um, and when you're when you're a tech skier and you do rely a lot on agility, at some point it, when you're overexerting your natural frame, you're not going to be able to do as much with it. So it'll be interesting to see if this work he's done to to put on any any weight or a bit more power actually pays dividends somewhere where he has had problems before. And um, that could be quite an interesting one to to see how he goes. I wonder whether we're what we're going to see from the likes of um, you know the younger Norwegians, Braven, Windingstad, and those guys. And yeah, they were fun to watch last year, weren't they? I saw um, Windingstad on crutches um, on his Instagram. He oh, had really? a story about a few days ago on crutches. He didn't look anything strapped up, but he was certainly hobbling. Could be worth keeping an eye on. Um, it's not something that I've read about or seen, but. I'd, I don't know if he was messing about, but there was certainly crutches. So I don't know what 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 his sort of story is. He switched skis to Stockley as well. So he's uh, joined Odomat over on Stockley, has he? Yeah, that's another one that he should definitely mention. 
Yeah, because he's another guy that that likes the long skis as well. So that sort of gliding style, gliding. Te- That's very hit, hit and hit or miss. I mean, that run he did in Beaver Creek in the Super G. Well, I'd say you commentated on it, and I was just thinking, no one can go sh- a shorter distance. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. You can always guarantee that he'll go direct. It is going to it is going to be interesting, and I think we could st- we could sit here and talk about probably twenty different guys that could win. Uh, and probably about 60 guys that could make the second run. So although having said that, Solden isn't usually kind to higher bib numbers just due to the fact that it's rock solid piece normally. And obviously that steep just judders up. You just get so many different cut lines in there from so many athletes. So it does become a bit of a tougher ride. You always, you do tend to get, you know, one or two come in from the back like you do in any race but I think it's it's a real exceptional run that will propel you from anywhere from outside the 40s into a second run down Solden so any change in picks then I was going to oh, say Ed you haven't made a pick yet and Dave you've changed about three I'm times changing. So. 100% changing okay so right I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I think Cranjet's still got I think he's still gonna do it I think well you're gonna Cranjet show yeah big mistake I've, re- I've rectified my mistake. It's all about being a bigger man and, and admitting your wrongs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm definitely on board with the speed skier coming in and uh, smashing a GS and taking, taking away 100 points. I just think Kranjek is, he's so consistent and he's so consistently fast that I think I'm just going to hedge my bet slightly that I think he's going to be... He's it reminds be- me a bit of Hersher as well. That sort of st- style with the yeah. strong, two-footed, yeah, good skier. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Cranjack. Davy, you're gonna go with Kilder, are you? I'm let Ben go and then pick up some. I'm gonna pick up I'm, scrap, oh, scraps. I'm <laughs> sticking. I'm sticking with Fev. I'm going with the uh, uh, right. random, random, random French inclusion just That's to keep it. Uh... I really like the sound of Kilder or Odemat, and I'm. I'm going towards Odomat. I think he'll bring. A, I think he'll bring so much intensity that some of them won't bring. I mean, I feel, yeah, he's fearless, isn't he? Yeah, I, I like that sort of fearless. I'm going Odomat. Okay, you're a year you're older. So year angry if Kilda wins, aren't you? So <laughs> little commitment. You're just flittering around, pick to pick to pick. Yeah, you've got to say the names. That's what you. you <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> um, Dave. Again, as you're here, any any skiing with Raposo so far this summer, or are you just keeping up with his Instagram? I don't. I I'm say deleted. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago, I got he got the boot, and he still hates it. That I don't follow him. No, I've certainly I've heard a lot from him. We'll say that. <laughs> I've spoken to him a lot. He's told me a lot about himself. Um, no, I, I've seen him actually skiing. He looks he looks strong. Um, I think lockdown was actually good for him. Um, he really knuckled down to be all to be fair to him he looks strong in his body um, he doesn't look like a, a little boy anymore with all two I mean I didn't I know I didn't sort of fill out as, as such until I was 24 25 uh, I think that's how old he is now 24 so he does look stronger hopefully he's still got that because it's one thing having it in June another thing having it in October after when you're trying to do the skiing as well um, but yeah hope um I don't know. Is it a year too soon or not? He doesn't. He, he won't be starting in the forties anymore. I think uh, he doesn't have the same fizz points as last year. Um, I'm sure he can get them back, but he'll need some other races first. But um, I, I hope he. I hope he steps up and does a, a, a good performance. I think that's what we've got to hope for from Raposo. A, 
a performance where you're like, right, he's done what he can. He's put it down there. He's skied very well. Hopefully the conditions hold up. If they do, then yeah, there's a bit more on, bit more on offer than maybe if it gets bumpy, like you correctly stated, Solden does. Um, yeah, so let's see a, a performance from Raposa where you think, right, he's matured, he's 24, and, and he's looking like he can kick on. Because it's one thing just sending it full gas out the gate, kamikaze style, and crash and burn. It might work once in a season. It's another thing learning and being like, right, this that was a good performance. So I think if uh, if we can turn around and say, or if you guys, I, I'm not, <laughs> I don't really turn around and say, yeah, good, good performance in the, in the media or whatever. But I think that's what you need to hope for, especially at his stage of his career. He's got to start looking like that guy's got a race head on, and he's a good skier. He is a good skier. So let's hope that the Brits can kick us off well, because. It's always nice when the, the British mood is good at the start of the season and the ball's rolling. Ben, echoing that, have you got anything to add on, on what you're hoping to see from Charlie? Yeah, we had that We had that almost last yeah. year from Charlie, didn't we? We had those, that run where he looked like he was just going to sneak in and then crashed know. on the final pitch. And it was, yeah, and that, was that was an yeah. almost. And we, and we just want to see that. Yeah, I guess that just extra little bit to get him over that line. We, 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 we had a kind of pretty good year from the Brits last year with, you know, the likes of uh, Laurie and people uh, and, and Charlie and Alex all having those kind of second runs. Obviously, they've well established now and we kind of, you know, we, we have the discussion of whether top five's uh, a disappointment or not for Dave because we're pushing so much for the, the podiums and the wins for him. Uh, <laughs> Can we just get that straight? Top five is not disappointing. For us, not for you. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Our, Let's our get our this back reality. <laughs> it's not Pendle. It's not Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, no, I, think, yeah, and I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Ben. I think that consistency from Charlie, and and he's the first to admit it that his he's sort of been let down a little bit by his body, whether it's through you know pure fitness or whether it's through you know a bit of fitness compounded by injuries. And I think you know he's the first guy to stand up and say that maybe he hadn't trained as much as he should have done. And I think you're right, Dave. By from all accounts, from his coaches and and from the stuff that you've just been saying. And from what he said, that he's fitter and stronger than he's been before. So hopefully that means he's able to attack from start to finish and not run out of gas towards the finish. And also then, then therefore stay injury free as well. He was saying when I spoke to him earlier today that he's been skiing well in training. They've had a few good days skiing alongside most of the Norwegians, the French and the Slovenians uh, over in Hintertooks. And he said that he was uh, when he was skiing well when he sort of had a good run, he was up with those guys. But again, it's about consistency and obviously performing on the day. It's very easy to do it. Well, not very easy, but easier to do it in training um, and uh, and sort of let it yeah. go by the wayside in the race. Yeah, a lot of people say it's one thing training and another thing racing. Um, I believe if you're not fast in training, it's really hard to be good in a race. But Henrik is a prime example. He, he When he used to train with the Norwegians, he would very rarely win the session as such. But you knew at the weekend it will be him and Hersha battling because, yeah, he's he's a real racer. So Once he starts his little chanting in the Stargate. Yeah. Well, him and Zenhausen are the chief chances, aren't they? Oh, you don't want to start behind Raman. In all due respect, if that works for him, fine. But whew, I didn't know what it was the first time. I thought the Austrians had let, let a cow out of this cow shed. <laughs> I thought, I thought yeah, 
stray cow on the loose. I remember hearing it on on comms because obviously they've got they've got the microphone in the start gate, which I don't know if they've always had it, but in the past couple of seasons, I remember the first time thinking. What on earth is that? We're getting some terrible feedback from somewhere. And then it cuts to his face and you can see him just oh, oh. a little bit Manfred Pranger. Do you remember him sort of propping oh, up the piece to go? If you could have seen Manfred Pranger on inspection, I tell you, you didn't want to be near him because he'd be he'd walk over you to get to a gate that he wanted. He was fired <laughs> up. But then off the, off the slope, the nicest, gentlest guy you'll probably meet. Um, There's not been very many times I've shared a piece with a World Cup racer, but I did do uh, a Russian champs in uh, Courcheval when they started the Russians threw out some some money to try and get some uh, some of the World Cup guys over. I think half went to the night slalom in, in Chamonix and half came to Courcheval and uh, Manny Pranger uh, came across to that and it was belting down with snow. And you're right. I was terrified just watching him inspect, let alone watching him race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some serious personalities out there. Oh, good, good. Uh, yeah, Raposo's going to end up being, he reckons, in the 60s to 70 uh, with his big yeah. number. So It is a big ass, but you do often see someone back there. Yeah, no, yeah normally, you know, normally Especially one or two. the start of the season, someone yeah. back there will have some serious form, probably a young guy. It's not, it's definitely not unachievable. It's not unheard of. He also said that he, that he finds that he performs better when he's not expecting too much from himself. So he's trying to just temper his sort of ambition for the opening ones. He also reminded me there are seven GSs in December. So having, you know, so peaking right now is not necessarily the the main, obviously you are trying to, but the main goal is to, is to make sure you hit December. Yeah, I always find it's dangerous trying to, I mean, if you don't peak now, there's no there's no saying you're going to peak in December and then the season's pretty quick over. So <laughs> you've got to step on it from word go is how I've always tried to do it. But yeah, he is right. I think that's including Europa Cups and stuff. He's got a lot of racing in December, but mm. everyone, everyone does. So, not the only one. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be a belting weekend of racing. And so, Dave, you're, will you be at home watching it? Or are you going to? Because obviously, you're at home at the I'm moment. Actually, I'm actually going back on uh, training camp at the end of this week. So hopefully, I'll, I'll probably be one of those where I catch the second run, uh, watch the first run live timing with the boys going up and down the lift, and then uh, catch the second run. So, yeah, always always uh gets the juices flowing as such for the race season um but yeah still 10 weeks for me but i'll certainly be looking forward to watching it just before you go are you going to be doing any are there any europa cups or anything before you start racing in Uh, there are a couple um i would like to because they're in italy as well and they're literally four four or five days before the world cup if we can do it safely and avoid too much like chances because it's going to be bad if i do the europa cup and be in good form but someone gives you like an illness from there then you've got to have that in your mind but I would yeah with not racing for so long I see um I see there could be something in getting a couple of races in before yeah, should they go ahead should everything be fine yada yada yeah we just got to be flexible but it would be good to so maybe maybe those early season races like that, though, are going to be full of World Cuppers, but full of full of yeah, World I mean, Cuppers trying to decide. I don't think the first Europa Cup slalom is until about the 17th of December anyway, and it's in Italy where the first World Cups are, just around the corner. So, yeah, I'd expect it to be... It would be on anyone's B squad for that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I expect it to be. Sometimes I used to go to Europa... I, I actually used to do Oberegg and Potser and Madonna in the Europa Cup. I used to call it the Hell Tour because... In Oberegen, I think one year there was 19 or 17 of the top 30 there, and I had bit 105 with 16 fizz points. <laughs> so, yeah, that ain't much fun. 
I used to call it the health tour. So it'll be a bit like that for some guys, I guess. But it could be a good, it'd definitely be good to get back in a race environment. I think it's important. Good news is you won't have Bib 105 then. Right. Previously, you've said we're not allowed to pick you uh, on the podcast uh, when the slaloms are on. Uh, are, we, are we allowed this year? Is the embargo lifted? Well, I think I think you can sort of <laughs> err on the side of caution with a pick. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, you can pick me. Um, hopefully, I'll have some. I, I feel good. I feel in good form. Yeah, a long way to go. It's so tight now, slalom as well, so... Personally, I just want to be able to stand in the start gate and think, right, everything's on point. This is down to me and I feel comfortable on, on my equipment, etc. Because I just couldn't quite, with no disrespect to the equipment I was on, like Clement was winning on it. So I just couldn't make it work for me. I just want to be in the start gate knowing, right, this is down to me. I'm fit. I'm healthy. Let's shake, rattle and roll or something. That's a good start of the season in terms of the, the, the little trio of races that are there for you to begin with, aren't they? Touchwood. I, I really like Madonna. I think it's I, I, it's my favourite race. It's at night. Um, it's a bit more. It's a, it's a bit shorter than most, so I, I feel like I can put all my intensity into it rather than having to sort of think too much about where I exert myself. Um, and I, and I like the piece, the snow. So certainly a good start. And then Zagreb, I like. And then it, then the real piece, as such, the big <laughs> the big boy stuff steps in and. I'll have to make sure I'm on my game there. So yeah. Nice. So, what are you thinking about these 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 ones? So the likes of Adelboden and Wengen and Kitzbühel, with the possibility of there not being thousands upon thousands of yeah, it's going to be a big shame, Swiss actually. and Austrians. It is going to be a shame because the fans they really do make a make a race what it is, um, and you just have to look at the football matches. It's like a ghost town, so. It will be a shame for sure. Sladming, Kitzbühel, and the Swiss ones. There, unless you go and watch them, I'd, I'd highly recommend people to do a Kitzbühel Sladming weekend because they are awesome. It was it was almost too much when I first started doing World Cup. It took me a year or two just to be, get used to like the people in Sladming. They're so close from the gate. The same in Kitzbühel. In Kitzbühel on the second run, you're literally. Sometimes you feel like three meters away from from the fans. It's it's quite intense. It's but it makes it what it is. It's really really cool. Definitely they'll definitely be missed because you'll just be hearing a slalom gate slapping down like <laughs> you do. So, or the, sometimes the coverage is pretty good when you can hear the noise of either the skis chattering on those night slaloms or the sounds the racers are making. Yeah, true that. I, I tend to be one <laughs> sometimes a little bit of a shout at myself. So. Yeah, hopefully nothing spills out that my nana tells me off. I've had <laughs> a few telling apologising for your language. Yeah, I've TV. had a few telling off from my nana about how what my uh, lips are doing in the finish area. So we we've done our picks for the weekend's opening races. Um, so if you want to play along, you can either get in touch with us via any of those social media platforms, as well as emailing the ski racing podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and let us know. So you just need to pick your winner for the women's and the men's and you'll get five points. If your pick wins, you'll get three points if they come second and you'll get a solitary point. If they come third, we'll accumulate those over the season and then we will dish out some prizes. You'll have um, to hound me for mine every weekend and I'll get in the, I'll get in the league. So I like a bit of, I like a bit of competition. All right. So you're going to, you, if you start picking yourself, we'll know that you're, you're feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will do that. Don't need that pressure. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, well, thank you very much, gents. Uh, and that's uh, all we've got time for. Ben, cheers, and I'll see you next week. Dave, good luck for the winter, my son. Yeah, thanks for having me along. It's been fun. Good luck, Dave. Cheers.